should I take really big delicious slurps of wine? Yeah, you should totally do that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition. I thought we weren't of- starting yet. We're huh? just, I thought we weren't starting yet. We're just back and forthing. Yeah, we are, but I'm going to do the intro. I just, need to get warmed up. I need to get loose. I'm going to do the intro just so I have it. No, that means we're starting. <laughs> okay, I'll throw in the intro later. <laughs> Look, let's just hang out for a second and then start. That's what we're doing. We're totally doing that right now. I noticed now. I feel like you're hanging out when you like have the mic up to your, when you're holding a microphone, but let's just like get the, get it flowing, feeling good. Yeah, we're flowing. Got to talk more into that mic, though. How was dinner? Are you gassy? No, I'm not. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition oh, we're of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. Um, Are you going to re-record that later? Probably. Quick rundown of the show if you're new to the show. I'm sober now, but I did. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? Because you're just going to have to redo this later. Why are you doing it I'm right gonna now? I'm going to redo it later. This is the best stuff. Oh. Quick rundown of the show if you are new to the show. So this is live great it's always live live to live to pod live, live to record glug 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 <laughs> so um this show is x drinking buddy so i like to have friends family people on and go over uh former drinking stories uh crazy stories getting arrested stories getting in trouble stories like i said i am sober now but one of my favorite things about being a drinking buddy was the stories that we shared so again i will normally always have a guest sometimes i will do a solo show but with it being Valentine's Day, I Valentine's have Valentine's. I have a very special guest who you've already heard. Oh, my old hat. My beautiful girlfriend. No, I meant already heard in the recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not all that. My beautiful, lovely, super intelligent, smart, magnanimous girlfriend, Savannah Lloyd. Hi. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Glad to be back. Glad you're here. Um, this is a very special episode. We're doing a, a Valentine's Day episode, so um, this will be released a few days before Valentine's Day. I wanted to have Savannah in. We were going to go over some uh, cringe-worthy, drunken dating stories, pickup stories, out at bars story kind of things. Yeah, I feel like a little actually nervous right now because I thought we were supposed to do a little back and forth first, and you're just like straight into reporter mode. Oh, I am a professional, and despite you? what you believe when you say these are my fun hobbies, um, no, I I think you're totally professional, but you just launched right into it. I know I have to get the audience prepared for what we're about to talk about, and then we'll go back into the tit for tat I'm back not and prepared forth. For what we're about to talk about, we've already talked about what we're going to talk about. Okay. Um. So, like I said, with love being in the air and everything. Love is in the air. Wanted to get this um, episode out so everyone has something to listen to on Valentine's Day, especially if you don't have a specific someone. You can listen to Savannah and I um, fight and argue and share cringeworthy Just stories. Just be miserable together. <laughs> and share some uh, cringeworthy stories. We just got back from our date night. We went to Orsay. Huge shout out Orsay in Jacksonville. 
Yeah, one of the best restaurants in Jacksonville. So tasty. Yeah, it was really good. So we got back and we decided, hey, this would be a great idea for a show. It's actually Savannah's idea from a few, what was it, weeks ago, about a month ago you suggested it? Yeah, I feel like I had like all these ideas a month ago when I suggested it, and now we didn't have enough back and forth. So we'll see how it goes. We're doing the back and forth right now. Okay, got it. Um, But I did want to talk to you about wanted to bring up uh oh you yeah what if i just shock jocked you like just right <laughs> what is it called got you reporting yeah aha no but um we've both been in several different kinds of relationships with different kinds of people yeah definitely um i've been in ones with people who you know fancy themselves social drinkers i've been in ones with people who are angry drunks i've been in relationships with people who take a lot of different kinds of recreational drugs and mm-hmm. stuff, which can sometimes backfire. Um, and <laughs> the dogs are in here with us too, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you've been, you've been in several different relationships with different kinds of people. Yeah. Same. All of the above. Yeah. So wanted to kind of talk about, um, and the first couple stories, just so you can kind of get a feel. I know it, ta- it takes a while getting used to being on the mic again, since it's been a little while since the last time you were on. I wanted to start with some of my cringeworthy stories. You have a bunch. I do have a lot. <laughs> some of the stories you tell me like make me so uh, into the mic bad for you, like so cringeworthy. Yeah, well, some of them are pretty bad. Pretty bad, yeah. So I don't drink anymore. Um, I actually, sometimes you tell stories. I'm like, Oh, that sounds really fun. And sometimes you tell stories like, thank God you don't drink anymore. Cause that <laughs> sounds nuts. I know the audience is kind of sick of hearing my stories. You guys would be shocked with all the editing that I do. You guys and girls, uh, you cool cats and kittens would be shocked with some of the editing I've done on the last few episodes. I realize I keep repeating a lot of the same stories, and so I have to go back through and re-listen to the podcast and edit those out so you guys don't hear them like 19 times. But um, some of the stories we're going to tell today are all brand new to everyone except Savannah because I've told them to her before. Yeah. But um, like I said. Uh, you made me feel so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling. Uh, but yeah, you and I got together and I wasn't obviously drinking at the time. Yeah, we I've never seen you drunk ever. Yeah, we went. Or even drink a little bit of anything. We've talked about, uh, we were talking about this the last time you were on, uh, kind of what it's like to date someone who's sober now and what it's like to, you know, stuff like that. But what I wanted to get into today, since we talked about that on episode seven, go back and listen to that. The first half is me talking about my last drunk because I had a friend pass away right around that episode. And then the second half of that episode is... Savannah and I discussing what it's like to date a comic, what it's like to date someone sober, you know, us starting to date and me not drinking at all and stuff like that. So if you want to get that backstory, you can go back and listen to episode seven. But today we're going to go way back in the way back machine and talk about some of our experiences, not with each other, but with other significant others, uh, potential prospects, things like that. Yeah. And those kind of drunken stories, which... Could backfire incredibly. Some of you might be listening like, Brennan, do you really want to talk about... Oh, I think it'll be great. I think, I think it'll be fun too. Because but... I think our story is extremely boring. So it's like nice to hear like the cringeworthy moments of your past and my past. <laughs> and thank God that it's not the present. Yeah. Our story's not boring. It's just more stable. Yeah. It's like I quote all the time from the Bradley Cooper vehicle, Burnt. It's a really good movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, doomed youth is very romantic, but doomed middle age is just sad. And that's kind of what we're approaching. So it would be really sad if we still had continued to have drunk stories. Yeah, not drunk, drunk, drunk pickup stories. Yeah, drunk pickup yeah. stories. Not only that, but just like, oh my God, like crazy stories. Like, like say you and I were to go out and have a few drinks and then driving home, we went through the McDonald's drive through and you happened to be a super angry drunk and you got mad at me through the McDonald's out the window. And then I got out of the car and decided to walk home. Yeah. That is a hundred percent true story that happened to me when I was in my twenties. And if that happened to me now at 33, that would be like, what are you doing, man? Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is a true story that happened to me. I used to, that's like some of the stuff that like you live and learn. You don't repeat super embarrassing and not productive though, but you've had some ones that yeah. really, well, let's get into it. So, I moved to Jacksonville in 2013 when I came here for a rehab. And then um, after about almost a year of being sober, two weeks before I got my one-year chip, I fell off the wagon and started drinking again. And I was in a relationship at that time. And that relationship lasted till about 2017-ish. And then after that, I was kind of all over the place. I would get sober for a little while and then start drinking again and then get sober and then start drinking and I just couldn't get it together. And in this time, I uh, wasn't working out very often. I didn't blow up like I did in college. I, you've seen those pictures of when I blew up to like 315 pounds when, yeah. I, when I stopped playing college football and was drinking every day and eating Taco Bell every day at like 2 in the morning. Yeah, I, I saw. <laughs> but, uh, but throughout this time, I was still obviously, you know, I was trying the Tinder thing, which was difficult. One of the things I would do on Tinder... I had a joke about this that I used to stay on stage, but uh, I've wanted kids since I was like 12 years old. Since my parents told us that they were getting divorced, something clicked in my head where it was like when you're trying to show your grandmother like how to use an iPhone and you just kind of want to be like, just move, like I'll do it. Like that's the kind of mentality I had when it came to to kids. I was like, I'm going to do this so much better than you. Now hindsight's twenty twenty. now being 33 and seeing all the sacrifices and stuff they had to go through. I know that's not the case, but when I was 12, I just thought like, I'm going to do this so much better. So that's an extremely sensitive thought for a 12 year old too, to like be so not into your um, immediate friends and video games and stuff to think that you want kids at 12. Yeah. That's, that's like crazy to me. Any 12 year old boy I knew was not thinking that. Oh, I am. Um... Well, I didn't really have any friends when I was 12. Oh, <laughs> I um, no, I was I was a bit of a loner. Um, still am to a, a large extent. But uh, yeah, I just remember. I mean, and this could be one of those things where I'm misremembering. But I remember wanting kids ever since like I can remember, like especially after my parents had told us that they were going to get a divorce and everything was happening. I remember two things happened. One, like any young child who's super sensitive like I am, I immediately thought, well, this is all my fault. What did I do? What could I have done better? Which isn't true. You know, people drift apart. That happens. And then my next thought was, well, when I get older and have kids, like I'm going to do it different, which is, again, is an odd thing to think, especially now. Very odd. Well, and especially now being older and looking back on it, it's like, yeah, you hope, but saying it doesn't make it so. I feel like most um, uh, young boys when I was growing up, like... Yeah, they would say, like, one day they want kids. But, like, it was such an abstract thought. They were more concerned with, like, trying to peek up your skirt and stuff. Like, they definitely <laughs> did not 
have such uh, articulated, sensitive thoughts about family and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I'm a pretty sensitive guy. You know that. Because I'll make fun of you all day long, and the second you make fun of me, I'm like, you're mean. Yeah, we talked about that tonight. Yeah. You want to be able to make fun of me to your heart's content, but I can't return it because you're very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. No, you can. I just get really mad. Um, anyway, <laughs> so fast forward uh, to 2018-19, I guess, is when this would have been happening. Um so I, I'm trying to do the Bumble thing. I'm trying to do the Tinder thing. But again, I'm not nearly as in good a shape as I was, one, when I was sober and in that relationship. Because I'm also odd in the, the sense that when I'm in a relationship, I feel like I need to work out more as like a thing. Like Again. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. I, I'm an odd duck. Yeah. Um, but when I'm not in a relationship, I'm like, well, who gives a shit? Like, why am I like going to work out? Like, it's just for me. Like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. But hindsight, again, it's like, oh, I should have been working out harder then because then I could have gotten all sorts of strange. But Which is like the... Ultimate goal. <laughs> no, not the ultimate goal. I feel like the usual thought of guys, like when you have the possibility of any strange at all, you are like working out harder. Yeah, that wasn't the case for me. I was I didn't work out nearly as hard. Like I went later on, like 2019... 2018, 2019, I probably started working out more, but 2017, when I was newly single, I wasn't really. Yeah, crazy. Also, I feel like revenge is a huge motivator. Like anytime, so I kind of jump from relationship to relationship. I there's not. Like, You're a serial monogamous. Yes, there's not um, long stretches of time I've been single, but anytime that I have, it's like I, it's like the instant revenge body. Like I instantly feel like I need to be super hot. Well, you're always super hot, babe. Okay. But- I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. And I, I mean, I get that. There's a big part of me that, you know, you know me. I'm a student of history and I don't delete pictures and I hang on to a lot of stuff. So there's still a part of me that like, you know, when my I told you the other day, my ex from high school added me on Facebook and I was like, good. Like I'm in oh, much. Yeah, you did tell me. I that. was like, I'm in much better shape now. I've got two podcasts. I'm doing comedy like fucking good. Right. Which is a weird thought, but I hang on to things. I don't let things go. Um, True. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so at the time I was doing the Tinder thing and g- this is all going to make sense when I explain the story. So going back again, always wanting kids. Now I'm on Tinder and stuff and I would get hammered, like super hammered. And I would just start swiping right. Just boom, boom, And so boom. are you like at a bar or are you at home? No, this is, I'd be like sitting at, at home, just up in my room, like doing shots by myself, just swiping right. So depressed swiping. Not, um, not... You say depressed. The happiest moments of my life oh, when I was okay. drinking was when I was by myself in my room watching Netflix, doing shots to burn notice while I swiped on Tinder. But like you're not like out dancing, no. feeling high, feeling good. No. Want to invite someone out to where you're at. You're. It's very in my room, drunk. It's alone. very Ted Bundy. Okay. Like, yeah, alone, yeah. lights off, TV on, uh-huh. swiping. And my go-to, which I need to start doing, telling the story again on stage, uh, because it is horrific what happens. My go-to line whenever I would match with someone especially when I was like in a stupor of drunkenness Mm -hmm. was I just want you to be a vessel to carry my children for nine months. And then we never have to see each other again. Mm, Yikes. 
I sent that probably three or four times. I so, sent that okay. So first of all, super yikes. Ah, did you get a response? And was that the first thing that you said? Or was no, it like warm-up conversation? It was never the first thing I said. We would always be going back and forth. So this happened, I think, three times on Tinder. Um, because what would happen is the conversation would normally start off because I can be quite charming, especially when I'm drinking. So the conversation would start off pretty normal mm-hmm. and then just kind of go nice, back and forth, nice back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I, I wait tables, but I also do comedy, even though I wasn't doing comedy at the time. But I still said that because I thought, oh, well, if they think I'm funny, you know, my old, old saying, if you can make them laugh, you can make them breakfast. So I was like, right. oh, that old gem. I do comedy, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then, like, if we would ever get into deeper conversations about stuff and started talking about, like, kids or families or past relationships, that's normally, and I at this point, I've been drinking the whole time. So then, normally, that's when it would trigger in my head, like, oh, I really want kids. Which, again, in my drunken head, I'm thinking, oh, women love it when guys want to have kids. It shows commitment. It shows stability kind of stuff. And yeah, the- usually. <laughs> Uh, and, willingness to commit is a good thing. Uh, wanting someone to be a vessel for your child and then to fuck off and never see them again is not a good thing. Yeah, so eventually I'd fall off the rails and say say that. Um, the worst time I ever said it, though, was uh, I had a regular at my old job. And she would come in all the time. Okay, so two things. So I had one of my regulars at uh, my old job. She would come in all the time and we got to talking and she had lost a bunch of weight. So she had a bit of she was she was funny and she had a good personality. But she also like, you know, had some self uh, confidence issues because she used to be a bigger girl and stuff. And uh, I remember I invited her over to my house once. Same situation. You know, I got I would get off from work because I worked at a breakfast place and I'd start drinking as soon as I got off. So then I remember mm-hmm. one time I invited her over and we, you know, hung out and like, you know, whatever. And then I remember like as she was leaving, I, I dropped that bomb, that vessel bomb on her. And like this was after you had done the dirty. Yeah. So you had, oh, I just made a weird throat noise. So you had been hanging out all night drinking. Yeah. Yeah, did the horizontal mambo, and then as she's leaving, yeah, you say something super creepy. Yeah, <laughs> so you just ruin the whole night. Yeah, so I was pretty drunk at that point, and I remember saying, "I think it was like right before she left, and we were just kind of like sitting around." And I said it, and I think that's what prompted her to be like, "Okay, I'm gonna go now." Wow. And then she never came back into the restaurant. Never saw her or spoke to her ever again right because you pulled a serial killer line on her that's the opposite of a serial a serial killer takes life i wanted to create so wait, life let me hear the line again i want you to be I, so i would always say something to the effect a vessel i always use the word vessel uh i don't know why that sticks out in my brain but i always use the word vessel but i would say something to the effect of oh i've always wanted kids Mm-hmm. Do you want kids? And no matter what the answer was, whether it was yes or no, I'd say, okay, well, if you don't want to even have kids with me, I need you to have kids. So I'll take care of everything. You just get pregnant and be the vessel for the kids for, you know, the nine months. And then you have the kid and then I'll be out of your life. Like then you never have so to see So you were proposing to random women that they carry your child 
give you the child and never see them again. Well, when you say it like that, it sounds bad. Like, and this was supposed to endear them to you? Yeah, I thought in my twisted, fucked up brain, I thought, what's sweeter than a guy who wants to have kids and raise them himself? Uh, And it was also true at the time. I mean, usually in a woman's, like, fantasies about marital life or family bliss, they're thinking of a man who loves her so much that they want to create life together. (laughs) Like, they're so in love, they want to create a likeness of them and start a family and be together. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking. just give me an egg. And at the time, I was very sick. I'm still very sick, but I'm now sober and recovering, so I'm a lot better, but... I was very sick and I was, you know, I had just gotten out of a almost four and a half year relationship with someone that I was engaged to. So I was, I was pretty broken. So I didn't, I didn't really, I was lost. I didn't really know what, what I was doing. I was just kind of like, well, I assumed I would have kids by now and I don't. And I want kids and I can't get my shit together. So maybe if I had a kid that would give me, again, this is all very sick, twisted thinking I had. Yeah, you know, definitely back sick then. and twisted. This was almost, you know, this was five, six years ago. The answer to anyone's depression is single parenthood. Yes, bring it on. <laughs> um, well, a lot of people have kids to try and fix relationships. I thought maybe I could have a kid and fix myself. But yeah, maybe. I remember I told you that story once upon a time, and that you that was probably the most horrific thing I had ever said to you. <laughs> yeah, I think I looked at you in disgust like, wow. But I don't, obviously, you know... Thank God it didn't work out that way. The you know, the right. What if someone had taken you up on that? Yeah, that would have been weird. Well, and especially too, because like I wasn't being, you know, forceful. Obviously, with any of the situation, I was just like right, expressing my right. crazy opinion. But what if you had like jumped in bed with the wrong crazy, and <laughs> she's like, okay, that actually almost did happen. Oh my god! Um, the story continues. More developments. <laughs> It wasn't that. It was just um, I had met this girl at work and that was I told you about that relationship. That was the relationship I had um, like a year before you and I met. And this. Yeah, it had to have been a year because I was still drinking when I was hanging out with this girl. And it was a super disturbing relationship where she kept hooking up with her ex while her and I were together. And very um, as far as the tendencies, very sociopathic. Very much Mm -hmm. like no emotional connection. So this person would say certain things like, yeah, like in all seriousness, like look you dead in the eye and be like, I love you too. And then literally leave, block your number and go hook up with her ex. And then like I'd be trying to text and call and it's basically, you know, it tells you, gives you that notification like message not sent, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd get a call the next morning like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So, but that person on, on this topic, that person was very willing to have another kid. Um, She had already had kids and was very willing to have another kid and just kind of was like, okay, like we could try, I guess. Why not? Oh my God. And then it just, it it didn't work out. Stuck with that person for 18 years, just on a whim. God, when you say it like that. Not even 18, the rest of your life. Yeah. When you say it like that. It's on a whim. Very glad. Why not? I'm very glad it didn't work out. Right. Uh, I already got some. Just throw one more in there. Why not? Yeah, that's pr- pretty much what the situation was. But the the thing that was so weird to me was the fact because I've never met 
and I'm no doctor, so I can't diagnose someone as a sociopath, but I've never met anyone like who was truly disconnected from emotion before. Hmm. Like, and I thought when you and I first started dating, I, I kind of thought you were like that too, but then you've, you've since then opened up. But when we first started dating, I was like, does she just not, I've, I've told you this. I had fears that you were just kind of like, like dating you in the beginning was almost like being on the football team in college where it's like, you could just walk in tomorrow and be like, no, you're cut. Like it's not working out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, constantly living but... in fear of that. And then I saw you have a softer side and I was like, oh, she actually does care. She's not just, you wouldn't just date someone just cause, which is what this no. person was doing. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause like I said, I've never seen that. And now it's kind of scarred me to the point where it's like, because you and I have had those conversations where I'm like, is that how women feel? Because the person I was with before was very bubbly and expressive and very emotional and, mm-hmm. you know, just like I am. So it was it was one of those things where I thought every relationship where you would say, you know, I love you or something like that yeah, would be that, like that. But that's but the not one the before case. was like drastically younger, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. And so and that was the other thing, too, is that. um yeah, so when I started dating, we'll say, you know, person X, when I started, like, because we were, like, quote-unquote dating, but when I started dating her, and I was still drinking at the time, so everything was a mess, but that was the first person that I had ever met in my entire life that I can recall that was just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you I love you, but then I'm going to go have sex with my ex, like, that same day. And this I was is like, the most, the recent yeah, before, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was insane to me. But that one almost ended up... Uh, with that situation. But like, couldn't you sense that she wasn't really like love, like didn't like love you, like wasn't into it? Yeah, but that's the thing is, especially you when I wanted to believe it. Yeah. And when I'm drinking, my brain is so scrambled where it'll mm-hmm. convince me that everything's like, no, it's going to be OK. It's going to be OK. And then when it's not, it gets, you know, that's how I ended up with alcohol poisoning on my 30th birthday was it gets it gets. It betrays me. It keeps telling me everything's going to be all right. And then when it's not, it's really not like it's like, oh, we've gone too far. Like there's we can't turn around now. So and it was the same thing in that relationship where it was like, no, I'm going to keep like I I remember because my grandmother lives in Jacksonville, you know, and I remember I brought her to my grandma's house to meet my grandma. How long did you date this girl? Like a few months, maybe. But I brought her over to my grandma's house like she had met my uncle because I wasn't driving at the time either. So she was like dropping me off at these places. And I was like, oh, come inside. And to her credit, she was very much like, no, I'm all right. And I'm like, no, you know me. I'm like, you know, jump off the ledge before I even right. look down. I'm like, no, come on. Come on. Come meet, come meet my grandma. And that was a terrible situation to find myself in. Was it in. super awkward? Um, yeah, but you know me, I'm, I'm a people person. I was very good at like trying to make it not awkward, but, um, looking back, it was incredibly awkward. Nice. Yeah, it was bad, but, uh, all right. So comparatively, yeah, comparatively we're aces. We're, we're all aces. (laughs) Happy Valentine's day, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Better than the last one. That'll do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Um, no, but our relationship is, a, is, I think, great because I can only speak for myself, and I say that all the time, but I'm older now. I'm obviously sober now. I see things a lot more clearly. Um, right. Uh... And the fights that we get into, like we were talking about this at dinner tonight, where like, 
we've gotten in some big blow up fights because I'm in, you know, I'll be the first to admit I'm super sensitive about stuff, especially when it comes to the comedy and stuff like that. Um, and so sometimes you'll say something like a throwaway line and I'll take it super personally and I'm, you know, and like sometimes I'll just say stuff because I don't feel like discussing your set or, or whatever. Like yeah. it's just like, and then you take it very seriously. Yeah. And I, I, I will flip out, but, um, but like we were talking about it today at dinner where I was like, what was because I remember the the not the last big fight we got into, but the fight before that was because of the Instagram thing where um, I was being I was being just a super dumb narcissist talking about being a public figure on the Internet. And that's when you said you only have like 500 followers. You're not a public figure. And I lost it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And I admit I overreacted a bit. But, well, I probably did too, but like you do like the little narcissistic bit and sometimes it's just like, okay, we get it. Yeah. You think you jokingly. Quote unquote. You guys didn't see the air quotes. Think you're super famous. Got it. <laughs> Check. Um, but then we were talking about it at dinner and I was like, well, what was the last big fight we got into? I remember we were on the couch and something had happened back and forth and then you were like, oh, I was just kidding. And then I lost it because I was like, no, your tone was not kidding. You were being serious. And I can't even remember what that fight was about. I just have a shitty tone sometimes. I don't really mean it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is that that's what I was trying to get to is that now, you know, I'm older. You're probably, you know, as far as a maturity level, the and just an age level, because, you know, I'm in my Ooh. 30s and you're in your 30s. I just got called old. No, I was trying my hardest to tiptoe around that, but. You are the oldest person I have dated. As in like older than you. No, no, no. As in like. Legit oldest. Yeah, yeah. Everyone you dated has been younger than me. Yeah. Wow. Everyone I've dated from. So even the last girl with kids, the sociopath was, was like 26. Sick. But that was that was for you. So she's probably almost 30 now. But that was. Yeah. Was three years in ago. my head, I envisioned her as older. So no. that's why it made sense that she was like that. She was no, like, she had yeah, her first yeah. kid when she was like 17 or 18. Okay, I'm significantly more like grossed out by the whole relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Because um, it made sense if she was older. No, she was not older. Just a sociopathic 26-year-old. Interesting. Um, well, that answers a lot of questions. About what? <laughs> just about <laughs> me in general? Yeah, just about our interactions. In general. <laughs> well, I also, um, yeah, so I think this is the healthy, one of one of the healthiest relationships I've ever been in, if not the healthiest, because I'm not drinking and, you know, you're and I'm not stable. crazy? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, I don't want to, I don't want to trash certain people. Like, I don't want any, because we're talking about past relationships. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely, think. like, moody and shit, but, like, I will straight up tell you. And I own it. Yeah. Well, and the you're also very much like. I feel this way right now. Just let me be right now and I'll be fine later. Yeah. And you're also very independent because I've been in relationships oh, yeah. before in the past that, you know, I might romanticize in my head or I've been accused of romanticizing in my head about past relationships with certain people. And then when you really think about it, it's like, oh, like. We, th I think about it so fondly because we were together all the time, but we were together all the time because we couldn't function apart. Right. 
And not in like a healthy, oh, we love each other so much way. It was just like we could not be alone. Yeah, that never works. Yeah. That's bad. And it's probably one of my biggest irritants when like it's like a play-by-play. It's just like, okay, like talk to me about something interesting. I don't need a play-by-play. I mean, I don't say that, obviously. I No, you've said that to me before. Uh, well, I try not to. <laughs> Well, I like respond to your stuff and like the check-ins, but like sometimes I'm just like, Ugh. just just like talk about interesting stuff. I don't, I know, I know you'll be home soon. Yeah, Got well, it. and that's the other thing too is that there's almost um, a uh, routine, almost like a habit that's built into my head where it's like, okay, I'm doing something, I have to check in. Right. And yes. that's that that doesn't come from just the past relationship. That comes from ever since I was a kid. You know, I mm-hmm. used to have to call. I still do have to. You know, if I'm going over to visit my dad and my stepmom, I need to call first. Or same thing, if I'm going to see my mom and my stepdad, I need to call first. Yeah, like, I have to do that too. But then as just, soon as I But that's just something own. that's been like burned into my head mm. since I was a kid was like, you know, you check in with what you're doing. You call with what you're doing. And, you know, you say, you know, if I'm going out with friends, I'll tell you I'm going out with friends. And I'm a very skeptical person to begin with. So like my first instinct is like, well, if I don't know where you are and you're out with your friends and you're like drinking and having a good time, you know, there is a possibility. It's as slight as it might be. There is a possibility that you could die on your way home. And if I don't even know you're out, like I, and that's what kind of get in. I'm anxious and stuff naturally. So that kind of is what, why that happens. Even yeah. though. But I mean, um, as you said earlier, I'm the oldest person you dated. So <laughs> that doesn't happen often where I go out drinking. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't happen. very. But often. I want to get to that uh, story at Ale House you were telling me about. Okay. Because so. that. Uh, I feel like something like that's happened to me before. And I've never imagined I'd be with the person who does that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> So, while I was not trying to find a baby mama on Tinder and Bumble... You were I, trying to find one at Ale House. I would um, often... There was an Ale House across the street from the day job I worked at. And a lot of times, like I said, we would start drinking. Me and like a couple co-workers a lot of the time. Well, there was a specific co-worker. Him and I would always go out drinking after work. Like if I was going to drink with someone, I would go out to the Ale House across the street with him. And we would do a couple rumpy shots, rumplements, do a couple double. At like three, four in the afternoon? Uh, yeah, right. Probably like two or three. We'd yeah. do a couple rumplements. Hundred proof shots. Yeah. Get the afternoon going right. Yeah. Do a couple of Tito's and Sprite doubles. Or not Tito's, excuse me. Absolute and Sprite doubles because those are $5 doubles. Um, so do two or three of those, two or three rumplement shots, smoke like five or six cigarettes. Then we'd go our separate ways. But every once in a while, we'd end up hanging out there a little later because I, like I said, I liked to drink by myself. So I would go out with people um, and it would be fun in the moment. But then after about two hours, I'd be like, all right, I need, I want to go home. I want to just get my handle, go home, smoke cigarettes and watch Netflix by myself. Like I don't want to be around people. Sidebar, was it always like that? Like when you in college, when you were in college, do you like like to go out to bars and stuff? So that's the thing. When I was in college... Before I went to college, I took that year, well, like the semester basically off and I had my own place and I would have friends come over and we would drink there and I was very social. Like I loved like drinking with other people, but as, and that was the same through the first two years of college. And then when I stopped playing football and started getting out of shape and my anxiety began to progress and my depression got worse, I started realizing I didn't like being around people. Like I just didn't like it. And 
I loved to drink, but I didn't like people. So, and I always having to be on, because I worked in the service industry, so always having to be on in front of people, I could turn it on. I, one of my best friends in the entire world, I remember when I was drinking, so there's no hard feelings, but my buddy, uh, Dan, you know Dan, I've talked about Dan with you before. Yeah, you've talked about him. Um, He, in South Florida, him and his now wife, but it was his girlfriend at the time, when I was like really bad in my drinking and stuff. Because Dan and I used to party in the dorms, and I used to love hanging out with people when I was in shape and playing football. I loved like being around a lot of people. But as I got worse, I would I remember, I think, I'm almost positive I'm remembering this correctly, but I remember Karen invited me over for a party one time, and she told me, basically, the long and the short of it was, they wanted me to come over because they knew I would get everybody going. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the guy pouring shots, like, hey, let's do it, let's do it. But I could only maintain that for an hour or so. And then I would get, once I crossed a certain threshold of drunkenness, I just wanted to be by myself. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's weird. So like, it's a long way of answering your question. But even as I got older, like I would be super fun at a party. But after about an hour or two. For one hour. But after an hour or two, I'd be like, I don't want to fucking be here anymore. Yeah. Like I want to leave. And that's since probably my junior year of college. My, you know, middle sophomore year, junior year of college when I stopped playing football up till my 30th birthday. That's how I was where I could be out with people and I'd be a fucking blast for about an hour or two. And then I'd be like, nope. They used to call me the wanderer in college because I would bring a backpack with my own booze and soda in it. And after about an hour at a party, I would put all my shit in my backpack and leave. Just start walking. That's so sadly depressing. Uh, it was a lot of fun at the time. It was, was it? It seemed like it was. But the story that you want to talk about. So we would make this trip to Ale House probably three or four times a week uh, after work for an hour or so. And this one time, we actually stayed there a little later. <clears throat> so now it's around four or five. Normal people are starting to come into the bar now. Normal people. <laughs> yeah, people who drink at a reasonable hour. And at this point. Sober people. Well, they were sober coming to the bar. Not like so, like non-alcoholic people. Okay. So at this point, I'm kind of drunk. And I remember there were two girls sitting at the end of the bar. Now, I might be, I, I'm pretty sure this was after work one night. It might have been just a random night that I went up to Ale House with my roommate. Because I know my roommate was there. So it might have been a situation where him and I went up to Ale House later in the afternoon. Because I remember it was evening when this happened. We're there drinking. I noticed these two girls at the end of the bar. And at the time, I'm in my own head. Like, I'm not in great shape. I'm drinking all the time. So, like, I'm in my own head where I I don't... And I'm naturally uncomfortable around the majority of people. Unless I'm... Like, if I'm introduced to you by someone we mutually know, I'm on it. Like, I'm on fire. Like, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, what's going on? Where you from? Like, boom. But if I don't know you at all, I cannot cold walk up to people. So, that's very interesting because every, like example of your personality i've seen like in bars at work whatever it may be is extremely flirtatious and approachable and open and warm well, see, you say at work but those are people I, i've but been like introduced at bars, to too. like going out to a show and you're just like greeting everyone but those are people i know for the most part i i'm very uncomfortable if it's i not not even to the point where I'm uncomfortable. I just don't have interactions with people I don't know unless they approach me or someone goes, oh, this is my friend so-and-so. Like I said, if I, I just get that one little inch, I'm in. Like, I'm going. 
Uh-huh. But like, if I don't know you at all, I will not approach you. you I can't don't talk to start girls. Start the conversation. Exactly. Imagine. I don't talk to girls at bars. Never have. Never. I mean, I shouldn't say never. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. But I've never been very good at talking to women at bars. I remember when I was like 14, 15, 16, I had a buddy, Danny, who is from Great Britain, who I met happenstance at like when we worked at McDonald's or something like that. And he used to always want to go out to the boardwalk in Daytona and he would just randomly walk up to girls and I could never do it. And he used to always make fun of me for not having the bollocks to do it. But I just I couldn't. And it's it's always it's, I don't know if it's the I mean, obviously, it's the anxiety thing. But if I'm introduced to you or I know you, I'm on fire. So anyway, sitting at the bar with my old roommate, Joe. Shouts out, Joe. What's up, man? I know you're listening. Uh, and we're uh, sitting there just drinking. I'm doing my shots, drinking my double um, absolute Sprite. And I remember the bartender, Sam, she looks at me and she goes, hey, Brennan, those girls at the end of the bar think you're cute. And I was like, (laughs) 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 so now I have an in. I've been introduced secondhand, but. Like, did she like point and make eye contact? She said. They looked at you. Yeah, I looked at them. They looked at me. I kind of waved. Did that innocent little like hey, hey like hey. the oopsies like the smile like and put my head down and they liked it they yeah everyone's all in at this point fast forward about 30 minutes i've now done two or three more shots trying to get the courage up to go talk to them um don't get the courage up about another 30 minutes passes and now all those shots and all those drinks are kind of hitting me all at once and i drunkenly get up now you're just a sloppy pile. Um, total mess. Like being asked to leave the bar kind of a mess. Hot mess express. Choo choo. I get up and I could have sworn Joe was like, what are you doing? Like, like you can't even really stand. Like, don't like what are now you doing? Now you're going over there? <laughs> yeah. It's very, he could see the writing on the walls. Um, and I stumbled over. And this is on the other side of the bar. These are big bars, too, at Ale House. Like, this is Ale House in Jacksonville. This isn't, like, some sports bar in New York where it's super crowded and cramped. Like, this is a long walk to the other side of the bar. So I go to the other side of the bar, and I just, like, put my arm around the girl. Nothing. No. Hey, how you doing? My name is Brent. None of that. Just um, Weren't there two? Yeah, there's two. How'd you pick which one you put your arm around? I just put my arm just around randomly. the cuter one. Yeah, randomly. The cuter one. Yeah. And they were both interested at one point. That's what I was told, was those girls at the end of the bar think you're cute. So you took your pick. Yeah. <laughs> threw, my, threw my arm around her, and I remember being like, and again, this is a little hazy. I'm not 100% sure what I said. Come on, I, I'm ready for the cringe. Bring it on. I put my arm around her, and I was like, hey, I think you're cute. You think I'm cute. Like, you want to go hang out? Like, let's get out of here. And... That's when she did that whole thing where she like picked my arm up and like mm. gave me that look. And Sam, the bartender, came running like like almost running. Oh, my God. Down to the end of the bar. And she's like, hey, hey, Brennan, you all right? Like, what's going on? And the girls did that like, uh, we don't know. And I'm almost positive it was either her or my roommate at the time was like, we need to get out of here. Like, let's go. Wow. Yeah. And that is one of the only times I can remember actually trying to pick a girl up at a bar. <sighs> and that's how it went. Uh, what's interesting is the, out ima- of the, bar. the amount you drank, but the clarity you remember, the embarrassment. Well, I told you what happened when I got my second DUI. 
you I don't know. Yeah, I blew a point two eight and the officer said Oh my god How are you talking to us right now? Normally we have to take people to the ER when they blow this high. Jesus. And I was like, I don't know. Like I remember that clear as day. And he goes, If you blew a point oh two higher, a point three, we legally are obligated to take you to the hospital. He was like, How are you functioning? Like, how did you even get find your car to drive up here? That's insane. Yeah. So a lot of training is how I remember these things. So you've never been like the guy who buys drinks and bars for girls? I have bought drinks before when I spent that $26,000 in 28 days. Episode two, if you guys want to hear that full story. But I bought an entire round when Alfred Morris scored his first NFL touchdown. I bought an entire round no, for the but bar. I, okay. So no, you bought I, an entire round for the bar and you bought stripper stuff. Yeah, lots but, of stuff. <laughs> lots of stuff. But just like random girls in bars, like, hey, you're cute. Can I get you a drink? No. Never. I've never been that guy because I could I could never do the the cold approach. And I had a very unique I think it's unique, um, because I don't know a lot of guys who have had this upbringing, but I had a very unique upbringing where I was surrounded by women for the most part. Because my older brother's mm-hmm. so much older than me. And um, you know, it talked about how you know, when I was a lot younger, um, my dad and I didn't have the greatest relationship. You know, it's a lot better now. But when I was younger, you know, we weren't super close. So I was a mama's boy. And then I had my twin sister and my older sister. So I was and they always had their they were super popular, still are. So they always had their friends over. So I was always surrounded by women. So my whole view of life was through the prism of, you know, women because you know i was always gossiping with them and talking with them and hanging out with them but that didn't give you like comfort to that showed me how dumb it is to like buy girls drinks because i would hear stories about like these idiots buy us drinks all the time so i don't know i think there's a way you can do it and like it be okay but yes there's always like a balance of power yeah like when a girl first starts going out she's the super naive one and like of course accepts any drinks and then she slowly starts to get her wits about her and then like when a guy first turns 21 and starts going out he's the naive one and then starts to like get his wits about him about how to go about things yeah and it's really interesting when both of them kind of know what's up yeah so i've never i'm no i've never been in that position of knowing that situation because even when I was 18 and I was working, I was working uh, at a tanning salon, like helping manage kind of like basically just working the front desk. But I like to say manager because it sounds better than receptionist um, at a tanning salon. They did tanning hair and nails. Same situation. Surrounded by women all the time. My older sister used to work there. Now I'm working there. The owner of it's the super cool guy. Still friends to this day. He saved my life a couple of times. Uh, big shout out to Paul. But um, he he was very similar in the aspect that he kind of took me under his wing and we'd go to bars and clubs and we'd go out and stuff. And he'd be like, you know, he was older than me. And so he'd say like, this is what you do. you never, you never buy a girl a drink that you don't know. Like you don't do that. You just don't like if you get to know them and then you want to buy them a drink perfectly fine, but you never just randomly buy someone you don't know a drink. You interesting. Yeah. And he would give me all sorts of pointers like, uh, you should never spend, you know, X amount of money if you go to a strip club, See, like things like that. And so I, I just want to finish this thought. I carried that for a very long time. 
um, until, in fact, I got my settlement. Before that, I would go to strip clubs with friends and stuff. You see, you've, we've been to strip clubs together. I'm super uncomfortable, but I would go with friends and stuff, and I would just remember what you know, growing up, like what I learned from being around women all the time, and then what I was taught by you know this mentor of mine, where it was like, don't you don't go to the VIP, you don't spend money on dances, you don't do this, you don't do that, and I would get out unscathed. Like I'd spend like twenty bucks. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could have got some more influences besides just one, because I think there's more ways to do things. But when it comes to like buying women drinks in bars, um, I wouldn't say myself, but I have plenty of friends who it has worked on. You have to have the charm, though, to follow up on it. But I think you should like look at it like when you go to a casino and you bring a certain amount of money and you consider that money lost. And if you get something out of it, great. But if not, like you're not super hung up on it because I think the most success in at least my friend group and buying drinks, buying drinks for girls is like when like guys casually just buy them and send them over and like seem like they don't even care. Just like whatever. Yeah. Girls, you want a drink? Yeah. And then later on in the night, they end up being cool. It's like it's just, oh, yeah, you bought us a drink. Yeah, you're cool. Yes. Yeah. I didn't. I. None of that. those influences. Yeah. Well, it's weird too. And that's one of the fun things about doing this show is that, as I've said many times, is I love hearing from other people's perspectives. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of like drinks that are bought for us. Then we had to like dodge the bathroom and run out the door because they were like down our necks trying yeah. to cash in on those $12 drinks yeah. that uh, they thought bought them something. Well, But I mean, usually there was... Some sort of cool factor and just like buying a drink and not caring. Which is weird because I'm a very generous person, I think, when it comes, you know, you, we go out to dinner. When I, it comes to tipping and things like that, like I try and, I try and, because we work in the service industry, so I try to have empathy for anybody in the service industry. So I always try to go above and beyond when it comes to that aspect. But when it comes to just randomly buying someone something, I don't, there's like just something in my brain that's like, I don't know if it's the pessimist in me or the the um the skeptic in me, but it's like why like you're just wasting your money, like which is weird because I'm all about wasting money. Like I throw money away right. like it's nothing, but I don't know. It's just I think it's because being growing up in that environment, and then like I said, the mentor that I had when I was in my early, you know, between late teens and early twenties, it was just kind of cemented in my head. Like this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Yeah, like. I, I probably agree. Like It can work. It's just a slim chance. You have to play it extremely right. Like you have to be like, extremely cool about it. Yeah. And see, and like in my head, that just, and that goes hand in hand with the not being able to cold approach anybody anyway. So it's like, I'm not, I know I can't talk to this. Like I know I'm physically going to be going to be difficult to talk to this person. Why would I just buy them a drink? Right. Even when I was wasted, I used to be really bad at that. But there are times this actually talking about this just reminded me of a story. You'll get a kick out of this. Have I heard this? I think I've told you this story, but I'm not sure. So there was um, a girl in college. Uh, this is not my longtime college girlfriend. This was, I think, after that. This is the girl that I went out to dinner with. It was like our second time hanging out. We had a class together. Um, and I'm at this point, I'm wildly out of shape, but I'm I'm still, you know, I'm funny. I'm charming, but I'm just like. Totally out of shape, drinking all the time, like just lost it. This has got to be like close to my senior year. And um, 
we went out on a, a date once and like went to a bar. O'Brien's on Thursday night had like half off everything. Didn't matter what you got. It was half off. Buy one, get was one. Was this the date going to the bar? Or yeah, yeah. Like, this okay. was like the date. Like, oh, like we met in class and then it was like, oh, we should go out sometime. What about O'Brien's? Everyone goes to O'Brien's on Thursday. So we go. We have a good time. Next time we go out, we went to the Outback that I worked at um, on Southwest 18th Street in Boca Raton. What up? Shout out. And uh, I remember I got a discount because I no worked No one from there. the Outback is listening to this. I don't got, shout them out. You don't know that. What a waste of a shout out. I have, I have a lot of friends on Facebook and Instagram that I used to work with at that Outback. Matt Watts, huge shout out. My man, Matt. What's up? He's you worked got, at that Outback? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. He used to give me rides when I got my DUI. He used to put my bike in his trunk and give me rides. He has a giant sleeve tattoo now. It's the Death Star Invader. It's the TIE Fighters. It's the most badass thing. I see you, Matt. I see you on social media. What's up, man? Um, anyway, so we go to the Outback that I work at. And this is the one. Remember I told you I forgot my wallet? Only time this has ever happened to me. Oh, I think you did mention this, but I can't remember how it is. So ends. I just forget my wallet. So I, I rack up like. I keep telling her, order whatever you want because I get 50% off. So I'm like, order whatever you want. Just at the rack Outback, it up. not the bar. Yeah, yeah, at the at Outback. Outback. So we okay. went to the bar. That was fun. So then we, she agrees to go on another date. We go to Outback. I end up racking up like together. Like I'm getting fillets. We're getting appetizers, everything. Because I think I'm going to get 50% off and then I'm just going to you know, pay. Bill comes. I reach for my wallet. I forgot my wallet. And at this time in college, especially because I'm not playing anymore, like I have very limited funds. So I had like, I think just $100 to my name. And the bill was like 75 after discount. Oh my God. Yeah. So she ends up paying Y'all for Y'all really it. went to town. 150 bucks before discount at Outback. Yeah. You ordered the whole menu. Yeah. It was, well, I think we got a couple of drinks and stuff too, but so she ends up paying for it. No big deal. Whatever. Mm, kind of a big deal. Yeah, I was super embarrassed. Um, but then there was another time that her and I went out and she said, hey, there's this new restaurant opening in the town center called Brio, the Italian place. Right. And this was the grand. And now it's your turn to pay. Well, this was the grand opening. I think this was actually before the Outback thing. I think that's what gave me leeway with the Outback thing. So she's like, it's the grand opening. So all the food is free. Um, but all we have to do is pay for the drink. So I go there. It's me and her. I wear a suit. To Brio, like full suit. And this is back when I did not have a large selection of suits like I do now. Like I had one suit that barely fit because I was fat. And so we go there and all we have to do is pay for the drinks. And I remember at the time I had like $200 to my name maybe. And I remember I was going to pay for her and ours drinks, but I want to look like the big shot. You know, my father's Mm -hmm. son picked up the tab for all of us. There's eight people at this table. Picked up the bar tab for everybody. They were, you know, it wasn't very expensive. Everyone just got like two glasses of wine or something. So the, the tab was like 150 Spent the last $200 I had to my name on it. That was, that happened first. So that was a drunken mistake. And then after that. You want to show off again. And yeah. Say, order whatever you want. Go to Outback, Outback, order whatever you want. And then I Who forgot my wallet. Who did you think you were? I don't know. <laughs> I was a mess back then. How were you even getting money? Was uh, it from I, your student loans or did you have a job? Both. I was working at that Outback. Remember I said that? Oh, uh, yeah. Working at the Outback. I was working at Outback a couple of days a week, um, but it's expensive to live in South Florida. So I very rarely and I was spending money constantly to fund my drinking habit and my drug mm. habit eventually. So I was like I always had and, you know, I had other ways to kind of get my hands on some stuff if I absolutely needed it. Basically, I would, you know, be that 
that guy and call my grandma and grandpa and be like, hey, guys, can you help me out? And of yeah. course they would because they didn't Yeah, know. I dated someone like that. Buy everyone drinks at the bar and then be really late on rent and bills. Yeah. It's and that's fun. Same thing. I would. Yeah, I would. I would normally always have rent. I remember I was living with two guys in South Florida. This is when I was living off campus and everything was going to shit. Like I was enrolling in 15 credit hours and then with to get the student loan money and then withdrawing halfway through the semester. So I would get a portion of that money back. So I was basically signing up for five classes. Then I would drop three of them. And then so I would get, you know, $1,500 for tuition um, or my tuition would cost $1,500. But then I would withdraw from enough classes to where I'd get like 700 back. So I was playing that game, which is why it took me an extra year and a half with school and everything. And then, um, yeah, so it was it was a mess. South Florida was a mess. I'm still curious on how I'm alive. I remember I didn't pay rent the last month we were there. Like I paid it late. I'm kind of impressed you've got your shit together now because it sounds like. Well, I paid rent so late in South Florida one time. Like basically, if you didn't pay by the third, they would put um, a pending eviction notice on your door because in the state of Florida, you can't evict someone until the 14th. Like they have to have two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you know that from doing the real estate thing. They have to have two weeks before you can legally evict them. So by the third, if you didn't pay rent by the third, on the fourth, you would get a pending eviction notice on your door. Like the rent has to be paid by like the 10th or the 14th or you guys are evicted. I think dorm rules are different. No, this is when we were off campus in an apartment. Oh, okay. Like a live apartment that like normal people lived in. So um, because. Yeah, that might have just been scare tactics, honestly. My last three years, I was living off campus. So they anyway, it was the last month we were there, though. So I was like, fuck them. Like, you can't evict us. We're moving out. Right. And I ended up I ended up not even paying. My mom ended up paying because she was the co-signer on this place. But the two years I lived with these guys, never. I was always a little like a couple days late on rent. Like, I would always pay it by the third, though. And then for some reason, like that very last month, like I just <laughs> was like, nope, not paying it. Over it. This is yeah. my time to shine. Yeah, that was bad. Rent's not coming through this month, boys. We're moving out. Fellas. We were moving out on like the 15th. So I was like, what are they going to do? Evict us? Yeah. But we went to our mailbox like the last day we were there and like literally probably two inches thick. All three of us had manila envelopes in there like of what from lawyer They're the the apartment complexes lawyers like mapping out. Was how it like we all were... student housing? Like no, students? I'm telling you, this I mean, is what in I was... that apartment was it like students. No, home? it was like a legit like families. That's crazy. People. They must have had a lot of issues with that because that's very. Yeah, like they quick. we had all eviction like law firm. Fully filled out eviction notices, like two inches thick. And then luckily my mom was the co-signer, so she just... And they they had both paid their portion of rent. So they're like, why the fuck are we getting these? And then luckily my mom just paid my portion of the rent. And then, you know, the rest is history. But, like, that was... I was like, you guys take this kind of seriously, right? Like, you know our lease is up, right? Like... You sound like a real gem. I was. You really pulled it together. I did. It's been fun. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Terrible dating slash pickup situations I've been in. Yeah. It was bad. I don't even know how I managed to survive, like, down there. You know what I mean? Just from a working, like, paying rent. Because for 24, 23 months... I paid rent in an apartment, and rent's not cheap in South Florida. It was like 700 bucks a piece just for rent. 
Right. And so, and you know, that's a small three bedroom apartment. It was like seven or 800 bucks a piece. So, you know, we're paying, what was that like twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars a month for these little three bedroom apartments in South Florida? For three of you, twenty one hundred. Yeah, no, no, no. I said between seven and eight, so it was okay. between twenty one and twenty four. Um, but yeah, and I every month I managed to have it. I don't know how I had it, but I had it. By the grace of God. <laughs> there go I. Um, yeah, you never ran in those situations. <laughs> Uh, I was Never always, had a huge alcohol and cocaine uh, problem and just couldn't pay rent. I was always really good with money. You are still really good with money. The whole reason we have the money to move to New York is because you're the one who didn't spend it. I had saved well, for okay, three months bar, and then spent like, all that. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said we weren't going, I spent it all. Sidebar, like I have in the past spent a lot. Like I'm very spendy. I just haven't been spendy recently. I'm like at that place now where all the stuff I used to spend money spend money on doesn't seem like that interesting anymore. Like I'm, it's like, ooh, do I want this or do I want to live in New York? And like New York is outweighing it. So, yeah. but usually I'm very spending. It's I can't save money to save my life. Yeah, you've been really good about it the last year. Yeah, I mean you you single handedly have had the money for us to move since. Yeah. Since April of last year. Mm-hmm. Like I was bringing something to the table, but it wasn't nearly what you had. And since then, you've saved even more. Go which me. Is fantastic. Because as the freeloading comedian, I'm just going to hope to God that. Yeah, no. I mean, I've made some out. like bad decisions drinking, but I feel like usually the guys I date make the really bad decisions drinking. I feel like I kind of grew out of them pretty quickly. So I never had any sort of your. Your drama that you've dealt with. Well, that's the thing, too, is when we were discussing this episode, um, originally we were going to kind of go back and forth with stories. But then before we started recording, you were very much like, why don't you just share some of your horrific stories? Well, I was going to share stories, but then we didn't do enough back and forth to like for me to get into them. So, you know. Go ahead. What do you. I don't know now because you've gone off on such a tangent. You told me to. I feel attacked. At dinner, you said, why don't you just tell your stories? Remember you said that? Well, yeah, with like back and forth, but you know. We had back and forth. You're going to make me scrub this whole episode. We're going to have to record a new one. I will make you do no such thing. Hit me with something. Be careful. Close the fiends right behind you. Let's talk about your shitty boyfriends. Oh, where to begin? Where to begin? What? Don't look at the mic like it's going to get turned off. Did you have you ever dated someone like that in a situation where you had mentioned you had dated people where they would buy drinks and then they were late on rent? Did you ever like live with someone where it's like, oh, hey, do you have my half of the rent? Because I, I don't have it this month. Uh, Not this month, but just like very late making very poor decisions. Um, how, Now, how as a functioning member of society, how do you handle that situation? Do you just yell at them or? Because I've been on the other side where people are like, hey, if you don't have rent again next month on time, you're out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. And then eventually, you know, they kick you out. Um, but. Usually it starts with uh, when you get the news of it's going to be a little late, just like a deadly silent stare for about 10 seconds. And then going into like a diatribe about how unfair this is to me that I have to be the responsible one, yada, yada, going on and on. And then it really, really uh, makes for a truly rosy, pleasant relationship. Does it? Yeah. Well, I remember when I was in 
the long-term relationship, I remember there were a lot of times where I didn't have cable money or electric money, but I would be like, oh, I'll take care of it. And I would just call and get like an extension and like move some stuff around. And then like nobody was the wiser. Oh, that's actually pretty smart. No, everything was always in my name. Oh, see, I, I put everything in my name except rent because my credit wasn't good enough to get the apartment. So the person she would get the apartment and then I would put the cable electric, all that stuff in my name because I could then call and move stuff around. So like I would get money for cable and f- almost the entire time we were living together, our cable was like three months behind. Jesus. But every month she would give me money for the cable and I would use that to pay the electric and then money for, the, you know what I mean? Move stuff around. Yeah. So everything would be in your name, though, when you guys were living together. I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, well, I mean, I've lived with several boyfriends, but I was, I was always yeah, usually yeah. the responsible one. Um, just in general, like I knew the like um, responsible talk and how to present myself in like a leasing office and all that kind of stuff like i can imagine some of your exes like trying to go into like what's up <laughs> so we signing this paperwork or what what's going on shots who's doing shots i'm pretty sure i was the only one like i was the only one to lease on multiple leases like i i got places myself kind of like the situation now hey you were i had my own place okay, with my name true. on the lease with no co-signer that's true. That's true. And then you wanted me, well, we decided to move in together, but you had already had the house, so that's why I came here. Yeah. But it wasn't a situation where we couldn't have gotten a place together. Remember, when we got approved for our New York apartment, we were both on that lease. That's true. Um, yeah, usually Boom. in the past, I just decided that it was best just for me to just deal with everything just because I couldn't like rely. Well, that's another thing that we've talked about before in the past, too, was... It's nice to be in a relationship where, you know, you could say to me or I could say to you, hey, can you just get this done? And it's like, yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it again. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always work out. Like when I tell you to text your sister that I have a show near her house and then you never text her. But, you know, other times it does work out. Mm hmm. I was going to. (laughs) Big show this Saturday in St. Pete Vortex Bar. Yeah. All you listeners in St. Pete. Be I'm sure to be uh, sure to come on out. Tampa, all my listeners in Tampa, all four all of you. All you listeners in Tampa, all four of you. Bring friends. Bring lots of friends. The Vortex Bar. Tom and o'clock. Giselle, see you there. Tom and Giselle, see you there. Big win. Big win. Huge win. <laughs> I want to hear more about you talking shit about ex boyfriends. Okay. Uh, so you should. Sorry, just edit it out. All right, go ahead. I'll start again. So (laughs) usually I don't date people younger than me based on past experiences. So you were an exception. Yeah, but I'm barely younger than you. Yeah. But still, like I had it in my head that if you weren't older than me, like you were vastly more immature than I was. So I am. I've come to realize that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? The guy who walks around the house in his un- Star Wars underwear quoting Hook is vastly immature? Oh, that's not even... I just did it again. That's not even the immature part. That's fine. <laughs> what is the immature part? No, we're not talking about me on this one. We're talking about... Even though I took I took control of the first Let's cut this and start over. And action. <laughs> 
No, but in all seriousness, have you... Because we talked... The whole idea of this episode was to talk about past drinking stories and past relationships and pickups and things like that, which I've I've done uh, quite a bit of sharing on. But I didn't know if you had any, any kind of go-to, like, comes to your mind when you think, like... When I say, I'm sober, I don't drink anymore, you think, thank God I never have to deal with a boyfriend doing this ever again. Um, I guess probably just the going out and the spending all the money on the parties and booze and stuff. Like, What that. would you do in that situation? Like, would you guys go out together and like you're seeing that person spend all that money and you're like, I know he's not going to have X, Y, and Z this month because he didn't have it fucking last month. No. So it wasn't like, um, like a co- consistent thing. It it was, you know, dating someone in the service industry and sometimes like the week just didn't pan out. Okay. But then like looking back in hindsight, uh, so that person at the time would go out after work almost every single night. I did not join every single night, but some nights I would go up and meet and hang out. But like out on those nights that I would join, seeing that particular ex by everyone around like to get the night going like you just got off and like let's all do a shot of fireball or whatever it is and then like just something like to get everyone like in the mood to like like why they like i was telling the story earlier about why dan and them would invite me to parties get everybody going and then continue to have a few more drinks and then buy my drinks and then like let's get a bar snack because we're at some bar that serves food and just like things like that and racking up a huge bar tab and then next week when we're in still and the saying like, okay, I'll have it the next after the next shift or the next two shifts and it's not having it. And they'd be like, why the fuck would you spend $200 at a shitty Jack Speech bar and like not have that, money for yeah. rent? Okay. Like that's your priority. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've definitely been that person before. Yeah. And it's, it came about very organically. It wasn't like a, like if it was, a, if it was a very blatant every single month. Every single, like, you know, it's always just kind of like a gradual growing and like collecting of shitty experiences where you're like, okay, this is just not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I definitely have been that person. Not in, I mean, I was bad when I was in my relationship because like I said, I would, I would just move stuff around and kind of be Yeah. When you have to like force someone to be the responsible one. Like I like to have a good time when I don't want to be forced to be the responsible one in the relationship because you have to party all the time and it's your DNA to party and you just, you can't get through the week without having drinks with your buds. So you get to be cool all the time and I have to be responsible. Like that sucks. Yeah. But then like, then sometimes you like overcorrect and the next person you date is like so far beyond that, that it's like goes the other way where it's like, okay, can you loosen up a little bit? Like, God damn, have a shot. Yeah. So it's like a constant overcorrecting, you know? So where am I in that scheme of things? Uh, where would I fall? In the scheme of what? Cause you of don't, the, the, of the correction. Am I one way or another? Am I super tight? Can't loosen up guy. Or am I spends way too much? What the fuck are you doing guy? So you... Because even though I don't drink, I still spend money like I'm drinking. Right. Um, I think you you have a healthy bit of each thing. Like you do like to spend some money, which is fine. But I've never you, been laid on rent. Right. You pay all your bills. Um, sometimes questionably pay them. Like I have to... I don't have to. I like to guide you in some... Um, <laughs> some 
some bill stuff. You fucked me on that. I did not fuck you on that. But you always pay your bills on time. Yes. You like to spend a lot of money. Yes. You're never late on any sort of rent or anything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a healthy mix. You are maybe a smidge uptight sometimes. Yeah, I can be. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, I don't mind spending. It's weird because I don't, like, we talk about the secret and the abundance of wealth and stuff. Like, I don't mind spending money when I have it. But then I spend it because I have it. And then all Let's of a sudden. Let's talk more about you being uptight, though. I don't have it. And then I'm kind of like, well, what the fuck? Let's talk about you being a former cool guy and now you're uptight. I'm not uptight. You are uptight. With, with what? In regards to what? Like one time when you came home and I had smoked some of a joint and you like flipped out and wanted to break up. <clears throat> yeah, I don't like smokers. I told you that goes back to dating a girl in college who all she didn't drink. Right. She so just you have did preconceived drugs, notions of this she one, cheated on of me this all one the time. chick. Right. Plus, I don't like, I don't know. It's weird. I know some of my, some of the listeners are going to get mad at me for this, but I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If I'm, if it's someone I'm not dating, I smoke all you want to eat all the edibles you want. If it's a dude bro friend of mine, like I don't give a shit, but it's this weird thing in my brain. I told you this at the time when it comes to the person I'm dating, I don't appreciate them doing drugs. And I know that's stupid. I know it's fucking dumb. I know weed is better for you than drinking is, and I know all that, and I'm very aware of that. You don't need to email me about it or DM me about it. I know, but it's something in my head that just Yeah, it's something clicks. in your head. Yeah. it's I don't know what it is. It's the same thing. Like, it's, I don't know. It's that weird thing. I think it's from that one traumatic experience in college, dating a person who just did drugs and didn't drink. And she would cheat on me all the time. And then it's just burned in my brain now that someone who smokes or takes pills or something is going to fuck me over. And yeah, I don't know why sad. it's like that. I mean, I don't like smoke a lot anyways. It's not like a huge point for me. But I mean, there's been times in the past when everyone's like, eating an edible and like I definitely like to partake. So it's a little bit of a bummer that you're so uptight about it. I know. But it's not, it's, a, the worst it's not like me. a huge thing for me. I don't do it often. Every now and then I like to. So if I do in the future, maybe just don't be uptight about it. I know. Um, and you say that and I'm going to say I'm going to try not to be uptight, but I will be. I can guarantee it. But then, and then and when then we break another, up, I'll listen back to another this. Another little uptight thing is like you're very like, I think in the beginning I kind of laid out like, hey, I like to drink wine. I'm not sober. Like I don't get out of control. But no, we I, talked about I, that I on do, the last episode. Right. So like I, I do drink and it's been like fine. But then... That's all been fine. But then any little, um, okay, cut. I'm sorry. Redo it. Just cut this part out. Okay. I can't stop it. I don't, I didn't realize I'm doing it. I'm sorry. I know. Nobody ever realizes they're doing it until they're doing it. But also like I need, um, water. It's like almost like a dry mouth thing kind of. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you saying? Shut up. I'm not ready to come back yet. Anyways. But then another thing, like, so you're very, I wouldn't say very cool, but like you are fine with me drinking you buy me wine you're i think i'm super cool about it considering you can be very cool about it uh but then there's sometimes that you like the little comments and like the glug, little glug, glug. it's like very backhanded which makes me feel like maybe sometimes you're not so cool with it but you're just acting cool with it no i'm i'm very cool with the fact that you drink like it doesn't bother me at all i think sometimes I make jokes because it's my own like insecurity sort of a thing where it's kind of like, you know, well, 
it's almost like sometimes I feel like you can only be happy if you're having a couple glasses of wine and I'm kind of like, well, what the shit, man? Like, why can't we just hang out? And I think some, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while that thought will creep in my head. And then like the other night when we were getting ready to watch that thing on Netflix and you were just kind of like, okay. And then I was like, do you want me to go get you wine? And you're like, no, it's okay. And then I went and got it. And then all of a sudden you were like the happiest person in the world. And I was like, like times like that, I'm, that's when I kind of am like, what the shit, man? <laughs> like, you can't just have a good time hanging out with me. Like we have to, you know, and that's to but your I mean, point. I don't, I don't have to, but sometimes it's just, um, like unwinding and watching something or doing something on the computer with like a glass of wine. So it's more like a ritual where yeah. it's like all, like, so if you're like draw yourself a bath, like you need your bath salts, you need your bubbles, you need your candles and like all that makes for a relaxing bath. Like, sometimes wine with you and TV, all that makes for a giddy fun TV watching session. You know, it's like, no, I agree with you and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just saying that sometimes those comments come from that place of like, yeah, what the hell, man? (laughs) Like I thought we were having a good time and obviously we're not having as good enough of a time because you want to drink your wine, which is fine. Like I said, I don't have a problem with it. Just sometimes it almost seems like it's like, Oh, we can't have a good time unless you have wine. And in my head, that's reminiscent of, you know, how I used to be with certain things. And obviously you're not like that at all, but just sometimes it can. I'm not overboard with it, like, but just like how you like smoke a cigarette after eating. Yeah. It's not like you, like if you didn't do it, you'd be like, okay, whatever. Well, you probably might be more than that, but it's like, (laughs) I just like it and I want to. No, I totally get it. I'm not trying to. It's not a problem. If you you told me if if I couldn't have it or if I didn't have it, it wouldn't. It's just like a mindset, like, oh, I'm going to have wine. So it's, I just want wine now. Yeah. And I've, I think in the coming up on three years, we've been, to, right? Is it three years? Mm. Almost? No, it'll be three years in September, right? Yeah. So coming up on the three years this year that we've been together, I think as someone who's a sober member of AA, I've done a very stellar job of not getting on you too much about your drinking habits or anything because they're not. They're not bad. They're not out of control. Yeah, I don't think you've seen me like super drunk that many times. It's been like on one hand, right? Yeah. When we were in New York that first time for the trip, you were pretty wasted every night. But that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the damn two drink minimums at the cellar. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like in a sleepy, like I didn't even like do, I wasn't even like, I was so sleepy. Yeah, we would have like three or four, well, we, you would have like three or four drinks there and I would always get a water and like the cheesecake or something. And then by the time we would get back to the hotel, you're like, all right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, I'm tired. Yeah. So, but I've never seen you in like in a while in out state, which I don't, I honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't know how I would react. Like, I don't know because I've never been in that situation since I've been sober. Right. Like I've seen you pretty hammered, but again, most of the time when I've seen you pretty hammered, it's a sleepy mode. Like, I just want to get back to the hotel and go to bed. It's normally on a trip. I feel like your trip. natural inclination, like anytime I hang out with my friends is like that like sarcastic little quips and I feel like if you saw me whiling out like how my friends and I used to while out like at bars you would like not like it we'd probably be broken up no because I don't do anything that would work like you, you wouldn't be like disgusted with me I wouldn't be but I like like to dance and goof off with my friends and you probably would, would not like it probably but also like it's just dancing and having fun no, I know. I but have... also, I've never been like the one who like gets drunk and hooks up with strangers. Like I've never, I've, 
any yeah. any person I've hooked up with, it's always been like someone I know, and I like I've had a few weeks to think about it and like let them marinate. Like I never just like get drunk and hook up. Like it's always just like anytime I went out, it was to dance in our corner with our DJ. Well, I think that's why I um I've gotten a lot better because I've told you past <laughs> experiences where I've been dating someone and they're like, oh, I'm out with my friends, and I'm like, Snapchat it, like prove it. Like, yeah, who you, are you with? Yeah, you sound. You used to sound very crazy. Yeah, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I let you hang out with your friends, and a lot of times well, I'm all not my doing friends shows are like married now, comedy. so you don't need to worry about that. But yeah, well, if there's one thing my past has taught me, that doesn't matter. Hmm. But again, that's just because we come from different experiences. Like you are the person who would go out with your friends and have some drinks and dance in the corner with the DJ. I'm the person who has had multiple experiences where it's like. Yeah, I woke up in this guy's bed. Well, did you hook up with him? I don't know. I can't really remember what happened last night. But I think I hooked up with him. Okay, awesome. Cool. Cool talk. And those were relationships I, like I was in. feel like this is every girl's nightmare, like being judged on another girl's sluttiness. Yeah, that's true. But I don't do that anymore. I'm saying I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Like I let you do your thing and I do my thing and every I mean, once in a while. I mean, I don't really do my thing anymore, to be quite honest. You say that, but... It's few and far between when I do my thing. That's true. But again, we're older now. We're we're grown-ups. Yeah. And once we get to New York, it'll be different. <laughs> once I'm world touring because of this podcast. What will be different? Brennan Taz, you're going to come with me. We're going to go on to, we're going to do tours I can go do my thing more? Well, together we'll do our thing. So I can dance in the corner with the DJ while you're doing some comedy? Yeah, we'll go with that. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you, Savannah, for being on the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, this is fun. You sound like you're being sarcastic. No, it was fun. I like hearing about all your cringeworthy moments. Um, it really makes me glad that I never witnessed that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, do you want to... Do you want to do what a lot of my guests do? Do you want to plug all your stuff? You want people to follow you on social media? You got anything um, to plug or promote? No, not really. If you want to follow me, you can find me. Leave her the fuck alone, everybody. Um, just like I'm not going to promote it. If you really want to follow me, you just do you do your own homework and find me. Well, in my case, I'm Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. I just got Thirsty. the TikTok. Yeah, well, super desperate. I'm a public figure, so. Right. <laughs> We're going to start that argument again. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to the Valentine's Day episode. We are recording this about two hours before it's released, so there will not be a two ton hours of, before it's released. Yeah, there's not going to be a ton of editing in this. Oh, my one. God. You have to edit out like half of it. No, I'm not taking any of that out. I called for cuts several times. <laughs> in the words of Stephen Baker's episode, there are no edit points in this show. I did not know that. No, the, I do have some edit points sometimes, but this episode was fun. It was good banter back and forth. You didn't say anything that I had to cut because it was offensive or hurtful, and I didn't say anything. I didn't repeat Yeah, but too I needed many like, time to collect myself at various points. No, it's good. It's fun. I like it. It's fun. That whole intro is fun. Anyway, Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Check out my website, brennantcomedy.com, for upcoming dates. Like I said, I will be in St. Pete on Saturday with the Clam Jam coming to Vortex bar and game room come check it out if you're in the tampa st pete area 
I've got shows coming up in Florida, Georgia, in the next couple of months. Check it out on my website, brightntcomedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Cheers from the Press Box, if you want to hear me talk sports with my man Joe Dorville. Shout out to the headphone Joe, no O, no E in the phone. I know you're listening. Check out his album, TV, by Headphone Joe. I'm just saying as many plugs as I can to annoy you. (laughs) All right. My guest today, my beautiful girlfriend, Savannah Lloyd. I love you very much. Love you, too. Yeah, there it is. There's that generic love you, too. I learned it from you. Heard that. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you all next week. (laughs) 